Hey, everybody. Colin Plume, uh, president, CEO of Noble Investments, founder of My Digital Money, here with my friend and co-founder, Guy Gottslack. Hi, everyone. Hi. Say hello. And uh, we're here today. We're going to talk about a few different topics, and hopefully we're going to stay focused, and we're not going to go on tangents. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I had an interesting, I love uh, reading Elon Musk's tweet. Yeah. And the last week somebody tweeted that they realized, just somebody from Twitter tweeted yeah. that they realized that what could be the most powerful technology ever invented in modern day history has been bought by a single organization, which is Microsoft. Right. So the person chat. was talking about chat, chat GPT. Chat GPT. Everyone, everyone's talking. Yeah, and Elon Musk responded and said, "I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Don't sure worry. It's be fine. Don't worry." <laughs> so, <laughs> um, ironic that he <laughs> says that as he was the guy that bought Twitter, <laughs> right? I mean, you right. know, and he, he also co-founded ChatGPT. He did. He did. He co-founded ChatGPT. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't he know that. One of that. He's not involved in the daily day-to-day -day operation but that brings me to the question uh, we've heard about a lot of people reacting to chat gpd but what is it really can somebody explain what what is this new technology yeah essentially it's uh artificial intelligence um being used uh for it with na uh, natural language processing um to mimic a human uh, you can ask it any question and it incorporates uh you know empathetic um data and like you know s human sentiment and it can respond you know as a human um or it sounds like a human or starting to sound more and more um like a human with the latest versions um but yeah essentially uh in theory it can replace a lot of what we do it, it even is more creative with with the newest version where you can actually um use it to you know create scripts or, um, you know, music, songs, um, all that, um, which is great but scary at the same time. Right. How does it, where does it get the information, though? So you can ask it questions, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's trained. I mean, the, so um, whoever, you know, created ChatGBT, they train the model um, with real data. So you give it, you feed data from all kinds of sources, um, and it's just learning over time. So it just gets better and better. Could, could they use it in, um, I just thought of this, would, would there be any application to use it in like training of, uh, like you, let's say you set it up to, uh, train your employee, like a new employee could you use it in that context. Would it be, you could just, you could put that data in and then it could interact. Yeah. That's, that's a valid use case. Um, you just have to train the model with, you know, information from your company. So, mm. and, and hopefully you have enough data to train it. Sure. So in theory, the, you could have an employee trained by AI without wasting any labor hours and training. Uh, Cause obviously it's a huge expense. Uh, you know, as with all these layoffs, you know, the big, you know, these big tech layoffs The you know, I was talking to someone that works uh, within Google and they were saying, you know, these, and I know they're, they're trying to cut measures and they're trying to save money, but it's, um, you know, there's also the, if they have to hire again and they have to retrain again, there's a massive cost, 
Uh, and it, did they think about that before they doing any of these layoffs? Not to go too much sideways on this, but um, so, yeah, I mean, I think what I found is interesting when talking to people about it is that there's no age uh, person that hasn't been interested in this, um, you know, new technology. And, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, putting information in and, you know, we work with an influencer that um, will uh, write some content out of there, pull, pull content out of there. Um, so there's a lot of talk that a lot of writers will sort of be become uh, obsolete. You know, what, what are some other jobs you think, Guy, that are, will be either yeah. affected or, or just destroyed by this uh, new technology? Well, a lot of different types. Uh, one common use case is customer service. Um, you know, you can have a chat bot, um, that uses it, um, and you can ask, you know, any kind of questions regarding your, the pro a product and service. Um, I know that Amazon, um, is, uses it for customer service. Oh, really? Um, so in theory, you know, it, now that with the latest version, you can actually, you, you have human-like prose and, you know, human-like language, and it can be more empathetic, right? Because that's, that's very key to a customer service role, right, is to have some empathy because sure. usually, you know, they call you, people call you with issues. They're upset or, or something some, happened or a mistake. Occasionally, they're very happy with your service and they want to tell you, but most of the time, <laughs> sure. yeah, they're complaining about right. something, so you have to be empathetic, and that that would have been one of the main challenges with using you know, an AI model um, yeah. until now. So, you know, that that's one type of job that I think um, it could, re you know, replace people to some degree. Um, you know, you always, you're challenged with, you know, groupthink with these type of models because you're training it with data over time and it's going to respond, you know, like everyone else, right? Like according to how the group would respond. But I guess what you lose there is the ability to be very unique, right? You might have someone in customer service that has a unique point of view mm -hmm. and might do an excellent job but you might not get that with the Chad GBT. Because and groupthink could be wrong, too, right? Group, could be wrong. Could be yep. wrong. I mean, look at Family Feud. Anyone watch Family Feud? <laughs> anyone's ever yelled at the screen at Family Feud because the answer comes up, and it's not the right answer. Yeah. But it's what that group of 100 people, right? It's kind of exactly. the same same premise, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, or, exactly. or Twitter. Or, tw or Twitter. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one um, that trends the, isn't necessarily the one that... That's right, exactly. Um you know, my digital money, we've always focused on customer service, people. Um, are we, have we, t we've never talked about AI. Are we going to replace no. people with AI? No. <laughs> um, so one of the things that differentiates us is our customer service because right. we want to be human-like. And at least not anytime soon, maybe, you know, once it evolves and becomes, you know, very human-like, I still don't think we would do it because right. we'll, we'll use, we'll lose that ability to, you know, really be unique and, handle unique situations. Yeah. And, and I think you know, people, when they're dealing with finances or anything, they want to talk to a, to a live person. And I think that's one of the great things about my digital money is that you're, you know, in a crypto space where a lot of companies have sent a lot of their, their, their people answer the phone overseas or they've, they've shifted to these types of things. And I get it from a cost perspective point of view, but yeah, but it's, it's funny that a lot of the these big financial organizations are actually, um, using it or they're they're started using mm -hmm. chat gpt like you have um, microsoft and stripe and uh, morgan stanley wealth management has announced that they're started using it internally 
um, because it, you know, that bot, it can be um, empathetic. And that's what you need sure. for when you're giving financial advice. You need accuracy, but you need, you know, and also you can be more objective as well. Um, with, uh, you know, so uh, when you call Morgan Stanley and you go, you go, um, I was looking at my portfolio. Can you tell me? And he goes, your portfolio is down negative 42%. <laughs> it's not going to be that way. Yeah. No, it's not going to be going to say, oh, I'm really sorry that I'm your portfolio is down sorry, 42%. Bro. You know, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry, bro. It's happened sorry, to a lot of, it's happened to a lot of people and, you know, of, but have this worry. better investment. It's called, it's called crypto. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's actually, it's, Bitcoin's doubled since last year, and uh, it's it's not connected to the markets. And uh, uh, okay, so but what's the long term play here? So we know that this is something that a business can use, right, for their customer servers or service, or maybe even data generation or training. But is there for the whole of humanity? <laughs> what is the long term play of ChatGPT? Can it learn from the internet? Can it bring out sentiments that get buried because it's not trending or stuff like that? Uh, I mean, I, I, I think the idea would be that a lot of jobs uh, that are sort of manual go away, you know, and, and uh, obviously there's going to be some pain there initially for people that are in those occupations. Um, but I, I think if the automation side of, and we move to an automation uh, world, it would benefit us in the long term um, to not have to do some of these, some of these jobs. I mean, maybe it can, you know, let's say for farming, maybe it could handle a lot of the farming, you know, maybe the hard labor part would be minimized and, and someone could watch it. And, you know, I think the more we move away from people doing some of these, uh, you know, physical labor jobs that, that are not necessarily necessary, could be better for us and help us live longer. Um, and then, you know, I guess the creative aspect um, is what they're still testing is, is could, could this technology come up with ideas that we've never even thought of and, and solutions, you know, are there solutions um, here that, that we haven't even thought of? I, I do think, you know, on, on the, you know, government side, on the controlling side, they're going to use this technology to, to gather data, right? I mean, I think, you know, the big conversation, like TikTok, for instance, where everyone's talking about TikTok, and I think this is another way to to extract data from us because they're going to know based on the questions that you're asking, they're yeah. going to formulate. Um, I mean, my hope is that Chat GPT would be, you know, on the blockchain eventually and not owned by one big organization like Microsoft. You're too uh, late. <laughs> well, I mean, you can have a different version. Uh, of it true that is true are they going to be on a from a business point of view when can i buy ads here <laughs> and start to direct it's people? not on the internet yet it's not on the internet even better <laughs> so maybe it would be less has anybody applied for ad spend here because if they're asking a specific question you know we could we could be right there for right, them right. you know well okay so what you mentioned earlier job loss because it's going to take away for sure some jobs from Americans. It already has. It already has. So don't you think it's reason enough for us to not develop the technology because we don't want to take away jobs from people, right? Yeah, but on the, on the other hand, there's a lot of benefits to using it. Um, 
like scalability, but you know, also for exa- in theory, if you're a financial advisor, let's say you're human, you may not be able to personalize your advice as much to someone calling in, you know, Chad GBT in real time can leverage that person's personal data to give more personalized experience and advice in a way that a human can't, um, especially when you're a company that serves, you know, thousands of people, um, you're not going to necessarily have the same capability, you know, that uh, a chat GBT uh, application would. So what about so. people that will be, that will be losing their jobs? I mean, it, yeah, it's hard. It's a hard part, but I think, you know, there's so many industries that technology when one form or another is going to replace. And yeah. so, um, but I, I, I like the, the idea of, of, you know, it does give people the ability to become more self-sufficient, to get another place to get information. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it's out of the box. It's more accessible. or You know, you could type a question and get your answer in sure. real time. Well, and, and the joke about buying ads is that if you type the same question into Google, for instance, you're going to get four ads. Right. Right? So... Uh, obviously Google is not in love with this idea because uh, it's it's going to hurt their revenue yeah. uh, pretty pretty considerably. Uh, they'll probably adopt some some form of this. Um, but yeah, I mean that in essence, and those, you know, for the purist that believes in this, um, you know, those ads or where the where Google puts the responses is not necessarily the right answers or the best answers or the way it should be either. Right. So, um, you know, if you type in, you know, just to be a little fatal, if you type in, you know, is it better to be cremated or, or, you know, buried to the ground or whatever, you're going to get ads for cemeteries there, right? It's going to know your area and you're going to get ads for forced lawn, not to, you know, knock on forced lawn. I'm just saying where, you know, maybe you're not, you're not asking that. You're not asking for that. You just want to know what's better. Do you want to get an opinion? And then it gives you data, which this this thing can do. It can give you the data, or um, you know, there's a million applications for it. But it does take out it does take out the business aspect, which I think a lot of uh, people that just love technology, it's that's a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I'm a big fan of blockchain. Is that you know when you have companies like Google developing a search engine. Um, it's not no longer objective, right? It's like whoever pays them the most money is, you know, is going to show up at the top. Right. And if you do it on a blockchain, in theory, it can be much more objective and pro user. Right. And at that point, like users own their data um, and it just changes the whole dynamic. It's, it just ends up being more pro user. Is that what Zcash is kind of focused on? Is Zcash or is Zcash more about privacy? It's more about privacy, but it's, it's just like a Bitcoin alternative that is, more private than bitcoin it mm-hmm. it you know there is encrypts. a browser. there is a blockchain based browser right i think there is it's a, a brave it's called brave right is that what you're talking about yeah oh not live peer great okay oh live peer is for streaming okay. yeah it's like netflix yeah. alternative no, okay so we're uh coming close to time limit but in closing uh two two questions one is that now that it has actually been purchased by Microsoft, so that's final. Um, there are talks that Elon is going to start his own as well uh-huh. to compete with it. Uh, but then it comes back to the question of 
whether whether it's Microsoft or Elon or somebody else, it comes back to the question of we could be manipulated. The data could be manipulated so that it brings it answers questions in a way that it is skewed towards whatever is going to be more profitable for the owner of the the, the platform. Um, that's one. And second is that how do we then evolve? As you know, for us as mankind, if we have this potentially a very, very strong and intelligent platform that can match human intelligence, how do we then ensure that we're not going to be overpowered by machines or at least people that are controlling the machines? That's a, that's a big question. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's the big fear, right? Is that, that they will... Uh, Gain control of of you need an off switch. You know the the prom with Terminator didn't have an off switch. <laughs> right, there was no way to override. Yeah, the machines took over. Arnold was right. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't know if anybody feels comfortable with that. It depends on how what access these uh, systems what what access they get to. I mean, one of the you know you mentioning how you know obviously the reason that Microsoft bought it they won't control it, but also who else could could afford it right i mean the the amount of money it's going to take to run this thing is is enormous so then i i thought like well well who else could buy it that would be impartial and it's like who who else is impartial but a big you need a big corporation with big pockets to to buy this kind of thing to keep it going unless you just had a bunch of billionaire philanthropic people do it and i don't think that's happening (laughs) Uh, they would still want their money the government can't do it Right, they they don't even have the sophistication. I mean, you worked, you know, with uh, with the IRS on their um, back end for many years. It was pretty antiquated, right? I mean, it was very, yeah. I mean, and they, we modernized their system, and I put modern modernizing quotes because it still wasn't modern, but it was modern for them, right? Right. That they wanted to build. So yeah, I mean, it it's naturally government's going to move slower. Yeah. Um. So organizations are in theory, more agile, but I, I believe with the rise of Web3, eventually we're going to be able to develop alternatives to this type of software um, as a community versus, like, having a company yeah. develop it. Um, and that that's what's being done with, you know, Ethereum and, and Bitcoin. Um, but we still have to develop the tools and, and the systems to, you know, do it efficiently and on a larger scale, and we'll get there eventually. But until then... I think it's not bad for these large organizations to, you know, invest their resources to develop these things, to show us what's possible, to innovate. And then at some point we take that technology and we run it on a blockchain. Yeah. And before we kind of take off, I don't know if this is, but uh, could you quick, we have this Ethereum, it's coming in two days. Um, oh, the, you're talking about the next upgrade. Yeah. The Shanghai um, upgrade. Yeah. It's a, uh, the latest upgrade since uh, November when they did the merge. Right. Um, so this one will allow uh, developers or validators to unstake their uh, their tokens. So to be a validator, there was a requirement that you needed to stake 32 Ethereums. And now how that, difficult was that? Well, it's a, you have to have money, right, to be able to, you know, be, become a validator. You need okay. 32 E's. Right. Um, which is, you know, right now, now it's less. It's like seventy thousand or or so. So, 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 become a validator before you had to have you had to invest at least seventy thousand in, 
and now and now there's you know you don't have that minimum um but also that means that people that have their tokens locked in there their ethereum's locked can take it out so are um, people going to sell is i mean there I, so I, 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 there's different schools of thoughts um you know a, a lot of a lot of people that staked their tokens bought it at a much higher price. Oh, they bought it higher than it is, it is now. And they're big believers of Ethereum. So I personally don't think they're going to sell enough. There's going to be enough selling pressure. Um, and, and also now it's the barrier to entry is Why? lower. So people can come in as well and buy. So, buy. They, so they were buying Ethereum when it was closer to its peak to become mm -hmm. valid? Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Because I was reading about it, too, and I was thinking to myself, because they were saying that they think a lot of people will sell, which obviously there's some people that will sell. But there's some because, you know, you have uh, big big uh, organizations uh, like like Celsius that have staked a lot, and they're going through bankruptcy. So, obviously, they're going to sell, right? They have, like, 170,000 Ethereums or, or so. So, they'll sell, but that's not enough to, to really drive the price down, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Well, we will be discussing this in event later. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just couldn't let it end without <laughs> asking that question. I think long term, it's very good for the price of Ethereum. Okay. Um, in closing, actually, can we ask Chat GPT any kind of question that we want to know? Sure. So just keep in mind, it's not the the data that it has is from 2021, so you can't ask anything too current. Okay. Uh, Why don't we ask who's a better player? Kobe, LeBron. Is it going to be able to answer that? Will it Jordan. answer it? Can it, can it form a... Let's see what it says. See what it Kobe says. or LeBron. No. I, if it says... If it says... It's a tough <laughs> question. That is a tough question. Let's see. I see well, it might say Steph Curry. We don't know. The question of who is the better player between Kobe Bryant and LeBron James is a subjective one, and opinions may vary depending <laughs> on personal preferences and criteria. Both players have achieved great success and are widely considered among the best basketball players of all time. Kobe Bryant won live NBA championships and was named All-Star 18 times, with LeBron James has won four NBA championships and has been named an All-Star 17 times. It goes on, but obviously it's being very um, objective. Diplomatic, diplomatic, no answer. Okay. Yeah, it's not edgy. So it's no, not I don't yeah. like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so you won't take a stance on yeah. anything. We'll revisit that question um, six months from now and yeah. see how it, how it answers that. Okay, well, Thanks, we guy. Yeah, we made a playoff. Thanks for having so. me. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. All right, we'll talk. We'll do it again.